Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> <laughs> conquered it and it's named after the whale's vagina as so says ron burgundy right here live news and direct full of kittens smoke rules radio has all the animal love that you need 
right here. What's happening here these days in this world? What is this Jeff Sessions looking at? Why are people accusing him of messing up and saying that like marijuana is a class one drug? What is going on? Are people blind? What are things happening? They're choking the knowledge of the people and ruling us with this choke withheld knowledge. All this information has been redacted. It's been censored. It's been beeped. It's been removed from general public just so you don't know the truth. But right here, we're here to smoke the rules, roll them up in one big giant fatty, be it tobacco, ganja, herb, or if you smoke air joints like Bill and Ted playing their air guitar. Oh, I just free the weed. Oh, it's just so simple. It's just like, it just rolls together. It's so lovely and beautiful. It's something people are coming together and standing up for because our rights are so infringed. If we wanted to go and smoke something that Mother Earth made and we're not falling over dying from it, that is what our forefathers fought for, our freedom of choice. Now, what kind of choice do you have? Perhaps you found a choice to press a button on a radio dial, and then here you go with some magic Muhagna music coming down straight, live and direct for you. Oh, what can we do? What can we do? This is, this is a hot, steamy subject, just holding us down, keeping the people in this box. And just like, you can't see. It's like we'll put glasses on you. One little sliver is what you could see, and that's the freedom. That's the truth. And that's what they've been telling you. That's what it is. But that's not what our forefathers fought for. Our forefathers fought for to be able to have freedom of what we want to do. If we're not infringing on the rights of each other, then, hey, I have the right to do what I want to do. Mm. It's pretty simple. It's, it's, it's rudimentary. I mean, the French, these are some smart people. They invented the French fry. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a potato. You can do a lot of things with a potato, but the French fries, like, you, you don't get, like, home fries or home grits at the at the drive-thru. I mean, maybe some of them somewhere. But you get French fries. And the French brought us this, these fries. And they democracy also. Like, two awesome things. Just dip your democracy in a little ranch dressing and chew on it. The French are here with the Statue of Liberty because everybody needs the souvenir on their desk, they need a little snow globe with freedom trapped in there. And you shake freedom around. And you let the, let the snow just fall around the French liberty. And there we are. We're trapped in this snow globe of complete malarkey and BS. But what can we do? We we'll keep trying to figure out how to get life freer and freer. Figure out what's wrong and fix it. Figure out what's right and just like... We enforce it. Well, life is just if we just get down to it and we care and listen to each other. We have got to be the most educated group of humans ever on the planet right now. There's more humans right now that have their cell phones that are texting back and forth, back and forth. They're a little goofy, whatever it is. But if you're illiterate, you can't type a web address. If you're illiterate, you can't see what what the girls down the street are doing or the boys down the street are doing. If you're illiterate, you can't read. And that's been the fallacy for humanity for so long 
is people just couldn't read. Some people could, and not all the information was available. And now we have so much information floating around and so many people that can read. Oh, my gosh. Go humans. We're little freaking monkey dogs running around all over the place, having fun, understanding, contemplating our own consciousness and how we affect the world and ourselves and everyone around us. I'm stoked to be a human. You know, it's neat. It's it's like short-lived. It's just this little blip in existence. We're alive. We're dead. You know, hopefully we left a few kids along that they could just carry on and they can get their cell phones or whatever that new thing is. Because I'll tell you right now is people are only getting more smart. Straight up. There's so much more information out there. Now, don't get me wrong. It's filled with disinformation too. But as people, our brains, the truth, and we start to like, well, wait, this person says that, that person says that, this person says that. I got to evaluate these. I got to check out what's going on. Is Schedule 1 a dangerous a drug, marijuana? Is it supposed to sit in Schedule 1 that has no medical use whatsoever? But that's where it's at. And so the enforcement tiers just follow rules because we're damn good at following rules to have rules. We like to have order. We like to have things all pretty little houses in a row so things make sense to us. It's real simple. Life, we don't want it to be hard. We want it to be understood. We want to go do our things, have our schedules, have a good time, teach people what we need to teach, learn things we need to learn, and just continue on and be happy. It's pretty simple. So right now you've tuned into Smoke Rules Radio. We're in democracy. We, the people, make the rules. I'm your host, Jason Isaac Huff-Brotsky, coming in here from an Icelandic, Germanic village, coming down here with a little Irish tint, giving you a big old smile. What can I do but bring some smiles, some fun, some hope, some riliness, some joyous, some ooty gucci goo, some guna ga ga And, you know, we got what you want right here. And Tokyo is down with it. They're dialing in because they know what's going on. There's people out there that want to know what's happening. Now, I don't know the exact full scene of the marijuana in Tokyo, but it's not like California. Now, they might have some chronic there, but it's, the rest of the world is just like, we're leaving them in the dust because with the system that we've built here in the United States, we gripe and we bitch and we moan, but we make things happen. We improve on our previous work over and over through bitching, griping, and moaning and going up there and making initiatives, getting legislature and voting and figuring out working. And the best way to do that is you piss off the masses and the masses stand up and say, hey, I want a stop sign at 3rd and Brommer. Okay? Put one right there. People get together and they vote for it. And so what's the difference? I want marijuana available to people that want to smoke it. So people get together and they vote for it. There's someone else coming in. There's money coming in. There's these groups that they want the money. They want their hands in a cookie jar. Say, oh, I know it used to be bad. I know we used to punish you, but we'll let you have it now but you're going to pay the price. 
What kind of thinking is that? Overtaxation is unjust and criminal. I don't care if it's for some kid's heart transplant or whatever. Overtaxation is illegal and criminal. Criminal. Different groups, all these cities, Nevada, 33% taxation. Criminal. Unjust. Unrepresented. What do people get for this? And what are they doing? They're taxing people who want to go get their medicine. Now, there's no such thing as recreational marijuana. Every single time you smoke marijuana or ingest marijuana, it has medicinal benefits and value for you. When you go, when you go have a soda with sugar and shin, it's got its tax, but it's got no beneficial health medical goodness for you. So what's going on here? We're like flipped around. We should be taxing the stuff that is not healthy for you. Tax that stuff 33%. And the things that are healthy for you to help your mind expand, think, help your body heal, fight cancer, get through depression, get through the difficulties in the world, fight headaches, fight migraines, all this laundry load of things just medically, let alone industrial, and yet they want to tax it. They want their hands in the cookie jar. This is uncalled for. That's illegal. That's unjust. Yet they want to say, oh, because we put it down, it's legal. No. No. There's the initiative proposition right there that no taxation of anything sold can be above the regular state and local taxes. If I want to walk in and buy a cup of coffee, if that tax should be exactly the same as I, if I walk next door to the dispensary, exact same. Okay, oh, but we're saving the children, but we're helping protect the people, so we have to tax it more. What lies, lies, and lies? The leaders want the money, and they want to take the opportunity. They're opportunists beyond capitalists. This is just wrong. And yet, yet we let it happen. People are letting it happen. There should be revolts in the streets. Yay, marijuana is legal. We can go buy it now in Nevada. Revolts. Why are we paying a third of our price to the state for our marijuana? Revolting. Revolting. Disgusting. Make you want to throw up. What kind of democracy is this? What kind of land of the free, land of the taxed? That's what we're at right now. All these things, we've got to have it all in this certain area. You can only grow so many plants because we want to sell you the marijuana. We don't want you to be able to make any money off the marijuana or even make any marijuana for yourself. Uh-uh. The industry wants to own it. The corporations want to own it. They want the control and they don't want to let go. They're not going to want to let go. People are just, things are wrong. So something really bad happens. Till all of a sudden it's a 50% tax. Like 50% tax? What? What's going on here? In, in Washington, I might be off by 10%. It's either 34 or 43% tax in Washington. They've had it legal 
for so long, three years, maybe four years, and the people, you know, hey, they can get marijuana now, but who's suffering? The people that are selling it are suffering because they're not able to pay their growers, and the quality goes down because the prices just keep rising. If you want good quality produce, you've got to invest in it. You've got to put time and love and care. People don't put as much love into their carrots as they do in growing marijuana. People don't wake up in the morning to protect their lettuce from the deer as much as they do from marijuana. People are out putting fences up their their flower garden. They spend a lot of time beautiful flowers, but the real flower is the one they're smoking and eating. The ganja flower, people take so much time and effort and energy, and that needs to be respected. And those people that are growing need to be getting their right due and share for the marijuana that they're making. Not the state. The state's not doing anything. The state's doing nothing. It just sits there and makes some rules and says, now we get the money. No. Uh Uh-uh. Unjust. Unfair. That, that's the initiative right there. No taxation above state and local taxes for regular food. Right there. That's the initiative. The United States of America, each state, that's the initiative to put out there along with the 99 plants as people are trying to figure that out. Like, oh, too many plants. So what? Flood the market. Flooding the market removes any danger in the market. It removes the criminality from the market. I mean, some people are like, oh, man, I'm not able to make enough money on my pot because this or because of that. It's like things be changing. That's life. Dispensaries need to have their seed to sale documentation right now. They need to know exactly where it came from. Even if there's a great grower out there who can grow a pound for 30 bucks, if it's not seed to sale, it can't be sold through a legitimate shop so easily. Now, they get snuck in somehow. You know, other people buy some stuff, and then they do this. But where did it originally come from? Someone who was putting their heart and soul and craft in this beautiful, beautiful herb. And that's, that's where respect needs to go. Not disrespecting people with this extra taxation. People paying so much for their medicine, nothing's changed. It's the black market prices. And that was the whole point of the state. And these towns and these cities, they want to keep it expensive. They want to keep the prices up there because they want your money. And they don't care if you need it for your migraines. They don't care if you need it because you're anorexic, cancer survivor. They want the money. They want the money, and they'll take it. Now, if that doesn't just piss you off, I mean, smoke some herb and get relaxed. But that's how they get you. That's how they get you. Get you just enough to make you happy, but not really enough. They're still freaking reaming you while they're letting you have the appearance that there's legality. So many dispensaries have 
opened and closed in California. There's been more dispensaries here in California that have closed open right now, probably by five to eight times as many. I would say at least just in the time I've been watching since Prop 215 and the first dispensaries started popping up, and then they'd close down. And then new dispensaries would pop up. Then they would close down, or the city or an ordinance or something would happen for that company to stay in business. Those groups of individuals that aren't selling you guns to shoot people, they're just selling you knives to stab people. You know, they're not selling you cars to run people over. They're selling you medicine that's saving you from going to the streets, from going to shady places. And don't get me wrong, there's some buddies out there they're really freaking awesome pot dealers. And it was really awesome. I felt confident going to them. But when I'm out of town, I'm somewhere else, and I need some herb. I'm in a foreign country, and I need some herb. What? The percentage of me being harmed goes up drastically. Found in precarious situations. Like, they'll be looking for herb in different parks in different difficult neighborhoods. And they don't do no quality check on those herbs. Like we're talking worldwide epidemic. People are dying, not from marijuana, from trying to acquire marijuana. People are getting hurt and robbed while just trying to heal themselves and relax. We've got a lot to do, ladies and gentlemen, so much to do. I mean, right now, listening to this radio broadcast of this gentleman who's just blamoring on about this marijuana, that marijuana, and my own personal life, my own BS out there that I go through, that I fill my own two hours with, and this captain's log, coming here live and direct from San Diego, California, right here for you, because y'all are the important ones. I'm just a voice. You know, I got ideas, I got things, but... I've got to chase down my jobs. I've got to chase down my income. And I'm not some big pot dealer or big giant pot grower. I'm not that dialed in in that area. Not everyone can be because we've got to hold our jobs. We've got to keep society going. And the best way to keep society happy is to grease it a little. You know, obviously, society says drink alcohol. Shove this shit in your face. You drunk and throw up and fall over, and hurt yourself, and forget what the hell you did, but wake up with bruises, (laughs) you know, but you had a good time, and you were loud, but you need a new liver, I mean, you smoke marijuana, you don't need a new liver, you know, you smoke marijuana, you're not really going to need new lungs, now, some of the vape pens, the verdict's not in, you know, people put so much of this glycerin, in their, in their pen or other ways to, to vaporize or too much butane in it, it's not in on those. We don't know exactly all these extra solvents, how they affect the lungs. And so that's one detrimental way for marijuana right now. Because you don't exactly, I mean, like there's places, laws being put in effect in California, Senate Bill 
605? It just got put put in the other day. And it and it pretty much just rewords previous things that the that the Senate bills have done that the governor signed in and um tries to legitimize it and organize it to a sense, you know, they're, they're, they don't want people blowing themselves up because that's dangerous. I'm making it to kill or hash, but I'm making it inside with butane. Boom. You know it. If anyone lives in the mountains, surround any kind of herb situation, they know of a few houses that have gone down, of a few houses that have literally blown up. People have been hurt and burned. Their hash oil. And I'll tell you now, I'm a cancer survivor, yo. My neck, I've had surgery. Big old lump on it. And when I smoke some dabs, oh my God. Oh, it's like the back of my head loosens up so much. I feel like this numbness. That like I haven't felt like in ever. Because my neck, my face is always pulling, contorting, doing its own thing. But smoking a dab, oof, it relaxes me. And I'm not drunk afterwards. I had such a headache a few days ago with these dry spells going on in central California, up in the mountains. So I had to freaking, and even the herb wasn't helping. It's such a headache. So I'm like, okay, drink alcohol. The alcohol helps. Great. So drink some more. And then drink some more. 40 dabs in a row, and I'm fine. 40 beers in a row and be fine. Can't do any. Probably dead if you drink 40 beers in a row. You know, body and alcohol is very different. Yeah, alcohol is forced down our throats everywhere. You can't go to any music venue that doesn't have alcohol. Maybe a coffee shop. Coffee shop, yeah, okay. Coffee shop is, and not even art galleries is a wine. All these places are pushing alcohol into us, saying, here, drink this, drink this. This will quench your thirst. This will relax you. And, man, I mean... I, uh, some of us can take alcohol. Some of us, our body tightens up and our back twists and it hurts. We haven't had any food, so we can't drink alcohol. We've got to stay away from that stuff because alcohol is a poison. It attracts viruses. It harms the body. I mean, there's benefits to it. Totally. Being a solvent pulls toxins out of your body. It helps dissolve some things. That weren't dissolving is much easier, and then the body can get rid of it a little more. That's definitely a bonus. Like, was it a glass of wine a month or a week or something or a day or an hour? Something like that. You know, it's healthy for you. You know, to go there and clean yourself up. Like, all these things around us in the world, we've got to take in our moderation. It's like we're so force-fed, so pushed on us. Cool thing. That's the cool thing. You'll be sexy if you have this car and this beer and this shirt 
and these shoes and these sunglasses, you'll be attractive to the opposite sex or you'll be able to figure out this thing or you'll be able to figure out that thing. Like, oh my gosh. Like advertisement just, it just pushes down our throat so much. So much. And we're just trying to live lives, you know? Living life, I mean, it's, it's, you'd think it'd be simple, you know? You want to be around people. They're like-minded. People you feel comfortable around. Finding, finding these people, we're always clouded. Because we have alcohol in us. Uh, or we're too straight. Don't, don't touch anything. No. You know, uh, Moses is God. You know, it's all these things. These extremes of humanity and finding a way to just live copacetic or just let each other be. If you want to drink, you don't drink. If you want to preach, go find some people to preach to. You know, it's pretty simple. Life is like it's a joyride, it's a non stop roller coaster. Of excitement, because you don't. You tell me, you're sitting there taking a test in school, and you need to pass. Your your heart, it's excited. Uh huh. You're uh, sitting there talking to someone of a love interest, and your heart's just ah, oh, that's excitement. Car down some curvy roads. Whew. Wow, that's excitement. You're out there. Singing to the world, speaking your voice. Whew. I love this. This is exciting. You know, smoking some some herb. Oh man, taking that. Oh, that that, that that super dab hit. Just oh, that's exciting for a super moment. Like wow, it's not the crack. It's not the smack. Not the PCP, not the angel dust, it's not the psychedelics, high end hallucinogenics. It's just pot. It is real simple. You know, you take a shot of alcohol. It's a goosebump, exciting. You know, life is filled with fun. And a lot of us were told. We've got to search for pleasure. We've got to, we've got to stick it and lick it. That's what we've got to do. If you want, if you want to be happy in the world, you got to stick it and lick it. Because our hormones, our drugs that are pumping through us, are telling us that we've got to go out in there and mate. We've got to go there and do this. Our society is saying we've got to go find someone to make a family with. You know, someone to take care of. Someone to take care of us. Someone to talk to. Someone to listen to. And yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Someone to listen to and talk to. And then the drugs start kicking in. Then the estrogen. The testosterone. The real drugs. The drugs that, oh, we're so addicted to. The endorphins. The adrenaline, oh, these things pumping through us. We are drug addicts by nature. 
nature has made these beings addicted to chemicals. If you think that you are not a drug addict, you're wrong. You're so wrong. Every single human is a drug addict. Adrenaline, testosterone, estrogen, endorphins. These are drugs. These are drugs coursing through our veins, affecting our choices and direction. And, it, you know, they, they keep human society going. If a woman didn't look attractive to me, then why would I want to do anything with her? You know? Nature has weeded out people that don't want to get it on. Pretty simple. You don't want to get it on, you ain't going to make any kids. So your genetic profile is gone. You don't want to get it on. You're not going to make any kids. So these drugs, naturally in us, keep our society going, keep humanity going, keep mammals going. I I, I don't know what lizards have. You know, it's got to be some something similar. You know, or other reptiles, fish, these all these other creatures. We're all chemical beings. And the chemistry is what draws us to each other. It blinds us of one another. It makes us disrespect each other. It makes us kiss each other's ass. It makes us travel all over the place to see each other. You know, these things, you know, it's it's this happy feeling. You know, just smiling releases drugs. A happy drug. We're all addicts. This is not a bad thing. I'm addicted to happiness. Addicted to love. Addicted to nature. Addicted to to growing a garden. The joy that I gather and and watching plants grow. I'm addicted in bringing smiles to people. The happiness I feel in making people happy. It's all chemicals. Why would we be think we're less of a person if we're addicted to something. We might not have as much self-control, but that's not a new thing. I mean, there's a word infidelity. I mean, that's people that lack self-control, right? They're addicted to either sex or the domination or the submissiveness. Beyond brain is saying, hey, we made a commitment with this person, let's stick with that, you know? And it sounds so easy to say, oh, yeah, staying married is, is the easiest thing in the world. People don't always get along. And if we just build relationships on addiction, on sexual addiction that we have for each other, I mean, that's, I mean, that's what keeps us making children, yes. Child's made, you know, like people in relationships, they're just starting. I don't know, was it like up to three months or six months? There's this, these chemicals that run through the couple, encouraging each other sexually and happily. 
to stay together, to be able to create a child. But obviously, like once children are made, deadbeat dad, that's not a new term. Men have been giving women children and not owning up to it or disappearing or doing whatever, not committing forever. And it's, it's, it sucks for a man's point of view to get in the situation and these drugs, these chemicals overtake us. They make us want to do these sexual acts. And it's, yeah, I do, yeah. And it's like, you know, a little of the drugs wear off a little and the brain starts kicking in. And the brain's like, do, 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 do. are you wearing a condom? Do, 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 do. Are you practicing safe sex? Do, 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 do. Are you ready to raise a family? Are you ready to take care of a woman in her life? And all these things go through a man's head after these acts. I know I'm not alone at all. That's why it's, it's like just trying to get past. You say, like, how do you become friends with someone, partner, that may be your partner one day, but get past the sexual part that's blinding us, this addiction of, of affection, of love, of all these things that the other person provides to us. Provide, provide, provide. And likewise, we provide back. So it's like we're a pusher. We're a dealer. We're pushing affection. We're pushing love. We're pushing hearts. So how, how do we help find a balance? You know, so there's things there to believe in besides the sexual part. So, I mean, yeah, we're beautiful, kind of. I mean, sexual organs are kind of gross, you know? It's it's kind of weird looking. It's different. It's like we're pushed into it to want to just sex, 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 sex. Brain is like, okay, cool, we did sex. How are we improving each other's lives? How... Would this person, my partner, be able to improve my life and I improve their life? You know, enjoy time together. How will we make a future? Because you got to talk about stuff. You can't be like, hey, what's up, girl? And then kick her in the other room and I'm going to hang out with my boys because I understand men better or different because I don't have a sexual attraction to them or something, you know? So, like, how can we get past this evolved addict, addiction inside of us? So it's like trying to fortify, trying to make more than just sex, more than just physicalness, more than what nature says we can connect as, connect to anybody. Penis. Vagina, whew, they're made to be together, you know? But they don't, they don't talk to each other. 
I mean, you know, I mean, like, it's not like they have a brain that's saying, hey, let's philosophize about life. Let's do this or let's do that and do all these other things besides sex. So, I mean, our relationships have hurdles. It's a fact. Everything. Any interaction between a man and a woman, sexual, not sexual, there's always a subtle tension about interacting. What's that person thinking? What's this person thinking? Am I arousing this person or am I intriguing this person? Am I inspiring this person? You know, am I making this person wet? Am I making this person happy and stoked? That is, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you're you're listening to Smoke Rules Radio. We're We're in relationships. The lovers make the rules. And so, just trying to figure out the world, make everything happen. I find myself out here in the San Diego land, trying to recuperate my world. I mean, I was a, I was a college dropout. I'm not proud of that. You know, I, I, so what if I had cancer? You know, I still tried. You know, I just wasn't, didn't have the pool, the interest, my ADD kicking in. Why not to do it, to finish, to get that piece of paper, to get those extra knowledges, to get that feeling of accomplishment. And that's dragged on me half my life. Half my life? Yeah. Like a year or two. It's dragged on me that there's many situations I could have excelled in if I was more educated. Could have made a house or a billion dollars or all this other stuff if I went through their stupid system and took all them stupid courses and made my stupid brain smarter, you know? And so it's like now I'm like, all right, I'm tired of kicking myself. I'm tired of feeling down on myself for I coulda, woulda, shoulda. So I'm here now to try to finish Try to clean my world. Try to, I mean, <laughs> not my mind. Try to organize my ducks in a row. Because there's so many things that I want to do out there. I want to learn more about the art production, the graphic arts. I want to learn more about the microbiology. I want to learn more about the information systems. And there's groups that will teach that to me. I just got to give them time and money. And show them that I'm paying attention. And they'll give me a piece of paper that I can put on my wall and go, look, I graduated. Woo! But I don't know. I didn't even pick up my high school diploma. It's probably still at the high school. <laughs> you know, they, they don't hand you the diploma when you're standing in line. They give you some random piece of paper. You know, it's like, oh, I was supposed to go pick up the thing? Uh, I graduated high school. You can call him, ask him, did he graduate? He did. All right. <laughs> you know? That's all I need. (laughs) And even that, people struggling with not having that one or two years of their life in high school, but they've gotten way older past that, 
way older. They're in the working world now. And luckily, there's a GED that's obtainable. And they can go to the community college and other ways to improve ourselves. And it's hard to find focus. I mean, I'm an ADD poster child. Like, I'm hyper, like, I don't even know. I mean, sometimes I'm, I'm calm and I need to put a monster sugar-free energy drink in my hand. And then I need to take some guyaki yerba mate, put that in my other hand. Oh, yes. Because like right now, I am... I'm not the happiest with myself. I want to be happy with myself. I want to be happier with myself because I've been around too many awesome people that I really wanted to make things with. I was not I was not where I feel I should have been. I was not the awesome person that would have the attraction or the answers or the knowledge for the situation, the job or the the mate or the girl I wanted to take out. You know, I wasn't rich enough to be able to afford to take someone out because going on relationships ain't cheap. You know, being in a relationship because, you know, you want to do special things for each other, do things other people don't do. And that's what attracts me about relationships. I mean, it's like, yeah, you know, there's just a sexual thing. That's fun. You know, it's sweaty. But there's so many other things that people can do for each other to listen, support, answer, help out with, add in, find someone in life to sing with. Create a duet. And I've been watching so many people out there, my life and relationship. They're taking notes, you know, seeing seeing friends that, you know, the things where they, they, they got things together where it's, it's not just like, I mean, they got their sexual component. But beyond that, for need, that they're able to help build each other up, build up each other's emotions. Build up each other's confidence beyond this chemical addictions couples have for each other. Mental addictions, support. Because it's, you know, you get caught up in something. One of my best friends was someone for 10 years. And he's, he's a fucking asshole. He's not. He wants to go off do stuff, but their lives are so intertwined. It's she's letting it fly. It's just like, oh, it, it's <sighs> to see how they affect the people around them. Because you're gonna get in some relationship with someone; it's all great sexual at first. Ten years down the road, however many kids, if any. But I don't feel sexual. Of course not. Humans ain't that attractive. You're staring at the same body constantly. You know, 
You've got to find other things that attract you to that person beyond physicalness, beyond sexuality, to really make anything work in the world. Come together and to find reasons, thoughts, encouragement to build each other up. You know, that's, that's what we're here for. And we're here to make babies and all. We're here to build each other up because we've got to support each other. And the nicer we are to each other as humans, the nicer we are to the planet. And it's so simple just to say, oh, the planet this, the planet that. The planet has a poison called humans on it that is also a cure. And as humans are negligent, unloving, destructive creatures, we're poisoned. But if humans are benevolent, with foresight, and care for the animals that live here, we're the cure. We're here to flourish. We're here to bring life to the planet. But all we do is take it away. All we do is pave it over. Destroy it. And it all comes down to love. Love of each other, love of oneself, love of one's family. The random person walking down the street. Love of a stranger who needs a push or a jump start or $5. You know, having affection for those that we don't have a reason to have affection for. We have no reason to have affection for a mountain that has animals on it. It's a mountain. It's got animals. blah de blah We've been ignorant of our surroundings forever. And it's been simple because humans, you know, we don't, historically, we just use rock. We make lots of rock. We burn stuff down. But our poisons, our poisons, I mean, there's feces poison during medieval times. Other toxin-ish, like rotting stuff. But we were making nuclear waste during medieval times. We weren't making complex nanotubes that are not biodegradable. Microfiber. We weren't making that. We weren't sucking so much petroleum out of the earth and then burning it on the surface, really re- pushing so much toxins in the air. We weren't, we weren't putting fluoride in our water, poisoning the water supplies. There's so many things that we've done in the last 150 years that humans have never done on the planet. And our kids are going to pay for it. And their kids are going to pay for it. Every single human in the future is going to pay for our disgrace of the planet. Our disgrace of each other. They're all going to pay for it. And it's so easy to think as a human, singularly, we're, we're one person. And that's all that matters. 
one person's life. Throwing trash, litter, burning, poisoning, creating chemicals that have never existed on the planet. And therefore, there's no natural process to biodegrade them. We push the envelope so far and leave such a mess. I mean, what's up? Our children. I mean, no one cares about children. No one cares about the future. No one cares. They don't make fun of the green peace. Make fun of the tree sitters. People just trying to save a tree, you know, or save a whale. They make fun of those people, you know, right? This, this, this green term, be green, it's 10 years old. 10 years. Be more of a green person. Green, take care of the world. You know, it's all new. All new. Cars, they're new. The rubber that we're leaving everywhere, the oil that we're dripping, seen of the streets. This is all new to the planet. The planet does this. Is, what's going on? The planet's just a rock with a whole bunch of life on it. And the life, life is tenacious. Life will figure out how to live. But not all life. Oh, no. Not at all. Life figures out how to live because it survived. The other life didn't survive, but the life that survived figured it out, right? So in the end, all we're doing is creating animals on this planet that can survive human poison. That's all. You know, I mean, like, ice ages, earthquakes, carbon dioxide, that's all changed how animals are on the planet. Every single animal alive has lived in a cave, has had to run for its life, fight for its survival. Every single thing here had to take flight or expire at some point in its genetic history. But luckily it did. So it made it to here, only to be run over on a highway, right? Only to be destroyed through this form or that form. All these creatures that have fought out Mother Earth survived all her dangers because the rock is dangerous. Huh. You know, the rock is super dangerous. Where we live, this place, it's a... (sighs) And it evolved us through all the perils and the dangers. We've been able to survive and make more of us. And as you can see, right now in humanity, we still have lots of regions with different genetics, we could see how in some regions people evolve genetics to assist them. I mean, the simplest one is our melatonin in our skin. Turned us darker. To be able to survive the sun from islands. 
other things, the loss of hair all over our body. I don't know how that fits fits in there. I mean, we we've changed so much. We're like we're like super hominids, you know. We just we've made it here somehow through a lot of dick and pussy, a lot of it. Like if you were a hominid, like three hundred thousand years ago was the first human that we found. Three hundred thousand year old human with near similar DNA to us. Okay, we found their bones, right? So the hominids before that, I mean, did they really have language? Did they really have a way to communicate with each other deeply? I mean, what was mating like back then with the cave people? We always joke around, you know, they got the big club in their hand, right? Cave people always walk around with a club. The hit shit, right? And the other thing, then you hit the women, and you drag them away by the hair. I mean, not exactly like like that, but our genetics of you just take a mate and you go, and that's over and over and over ingrained in us. That's why it's so easy to have instant sexual attraction to someone, to be able to see someone and want to mate with them in that moment, because that's how we kept making hominids. I was a hominid half a million years ago walking down, walking down the creek. I, I see me a girl hominid. Man, and then the eye contact between the two. Like, what's that about? I mean, she don't know English. I don't know English. It's all guttural. It's all instinctive. But my groin wants to get in her groin. And to be able to continue... My genetics, that happened. I went up there, and I got it on with the river girl. And we just, boom, and made more baby hominids. They're lake girls, they're lake boys, and made more kids. Now, we don't have the histories of how humans were able to stay together in relationships. Like, a lot of this. Christianity, mono, monogamy, a lot of that is a little newer thought. Because before, people would do their things. Look at all the sexual diseases that humans made, hominids made. Because they were doing a lot of humping over and over and over with whoever they get their hands on. You know? That's what hominids do. We like it to hump. So that's in us to want to have that urge. I mean, like, we want to hump, and that's not, like, why we're doing it. We're a hominid. We don't there – there was a tribes in Africa that didn't know where babies came from because it was so hot. People be humping all the time and not having kids that they couldn't put it together that humping makes the kids. I mean, some other climates, uh, other other cultures were able to figure that out. But some cultures, oh, that's how kids get made. Oh, you know, keep going. Because that's what we're made to do. We're a machine. Sex machine. Oh! Yeah. 
working it together. Working it up. Oh, man. I don't know what we are. I just know when I'm running on a treadmill and I'm looking at that stupid TVs at the gym, watching those stupid leaders say their stupid, stupid things, it's just like, where do people get these thoughts from? Who writes their stuff? Like, I know I say some stupid stuff, but I'll own up to it. I'll say, call me on my stupid shit so I can improve myself. I don't want to keep saying the same BS over and over and over. BS out. And if y'all like it, sweet. If it didn't fly right, let me know. Because I know I say some things that are insulting. I know I say some things, some racist things I've said. My show's not about being racist. I just point out the differences in our genetics and how humans have called humans, called, C-U-L-L-E-D, constantly. We're our own worst enemy. We kill each other and thereby messing with our genetic pool repeatedly. You know? If you're a surf. You're going to get married, you know, the, the, the king's got to go sleep with your wife first. It's like, what? That's messing with the genetic pool, you know? Humans are just so wrong to each other. And it takes so much more effort to be right that it's worth it. It's so easy to wrong someone, huh? easy to but it's hard to do right to someone and that's where the benefits are and the word karma or good feeling or whatever someone wants to label on it mitzvah you know but it takes effort to do good that's the point of it because people want to say in our judgment after we've passed you're right Judgment of our children upon us will judge us. Will they talk highly of us? Our children will be like, yay, our family helped society, helped people, helped knowledge, helped the planet. But no, most people were just in it for our side, our own box. We're stuck in our own box. Our own thoughts. Our own wishes and desires. Our own drug dependence. On a relationship. On sex. You know, all these chemicals pushing us, blinding us. How do we free ourselves from, from that? We never can. Always present will be these drugs. And all we could do is learn to cope and learn to have focus. I mean, I guess meditate or just be steadfast. Do what you say you're going to do, but it's right, right? And you stick to it. Follow your values 
your gumptions and make things happen right in the world. That's all that we got. It's the only chances that we have. We are but our own judges. And the earth, our biggest judge right now, we're failing her. We're failing the earth too hard. So it's just like join join a earth-saving group, a litter pickup group. There's so many ways humans have buggered off the earth that there's, there's a long laundry list of ways we can go to help repair it. Not one person can turn humanity in the right direction. No, people have to want to take care of the earth. You have to want to do that. Not through fear, but through knowledge and heart and care and compassion. Passion is our savior. Because we don't, we're, we're very seldom on the same page. We're not like, hey, how you doing? Oh, your life is exactly like mine. Doobie-doo. We all have different days, different dreams, different desires, different pains, different wants, wishes, different damnations, different fines, different judgments that put us in these boxes. There's no choices to go left or right, up or down. We lock ourselves in. Some people have said that's why they want marijuana and acid illegal because it frees your mind. Mushrooms illegal because it opens up passageways in your brain, in your mega computer. It opens up your thoughts. It changes your point of view. And there's groups that don't want you to change your point of view. They want you to follow only for the rich, only for those that can afford to be able to share their ideas. Most everyone else has been the 99%, the slaves, the 0.01%. The ruling class keeps the slaves docile, puts the chlorine in the water to crystallize their pineal glands not see their destiny, to feel their fate, to make us dumb machines, to take away our empathy? How do we recapture our compassion, recapture our zest for life and to share it? Like, hey, I got a zest for life. You need some too. I don't want to hear why you don't have a zest in life. I want to share with you why I have a zest in life. And maybe why you should have a zest in life. Let's not focus on the bad thing. Bliss is ignorant. To be happy is also ignoring sadness. We carry all those things with us. We don't always have the answer. We don't always have the situation. We don't always contact each other the right way. And we harm each other emotionally. Make each other sad and depressed. Not as much make each other is that we make ourselves, each individual, we have a choice to feel something in a situation. 
And if we want to feel sad and dwell, then that's, that's, what we, that's where we go. We make our destiny of our thoughts and our feelings. We can't make someone choose their destiny with ours. We can entice people. We can encourage our, hey, 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 you know, life will be a lot better if you come over here and do this and that, you know, get things in order, you know. It's, at some point, we have our advertisement of attracting our friends, attracting our mates, attracting our business partners, our customers. But in the end, it's only an attraction. You can't force people. I mean, yes, there's there's groups that treat us like slaves and they force us through limit of selection. Force us to vote for this one or the other or confuse us enough so we don't know the right choices to make. And they get off on it. There's groups that do not want us knowing stuff. They don't want us knowing about 9-11. 9-1-1. They don't want us knowing that there's tragedies that are covered up. There are so many half-truths that follow tragedies that there's groups that they don't want you to know. And you know what? If you think that you know everything, that's the fallacy. Thinking that anyone that wasn't in New York on 9-11, that didn't see and witness it with their own eyes, knows what went on, is fallacy. No one knows what went on. And that is the name of the game. It's the blind people of the truth. It's been happening forever. Humans were emotional beings. And we do things to rally up the emotions and then aim the people. So what's Trump's emotion right here? Big, super dork, okay? Here's a, here, here's a close I get to his quote. That's just like, he just said this today in Utah, uh, that these criminal immigrants are here to cor- corrupt our beautiful youth. Criminal immigrants are here to corrupt full youth. If he means that the invaders from Europe are here to corrupt everybody, then he's right. They've corrupted the Indians, the beautiful, beautiful American native Indians that were here were corrupted by these foreign aliens that came and decimated the living population here through disease, through war, through lies, corrupted them. And if if that's what he was referring to, and he was given an apology to the beautiful Indian nations that were here beforehand, right on, go president. Sweet, you're trying to apologize for the European invasion into the United, into North America. And uh, along with all these other invasions by the Europeans, the um, Middle Easterns, 
invasions by all these groups on the lesser, weaker groups, not lesser, lesser, um, lesser knowledge. I mean, it's, it's awesome knowledge. Um, just not as educated. People that were in nice societies, that they had their war stuff, they had their tit for tat. But it wasn't like a conquest. Get land grab. Now, if that's what, if that's what our, our illustrious man was talking about, I'm all for it. He's talking about illegal aliens from Europe harming the beautiful Indians. I'm all down for that. But he wasn't. He was talking about are illegal immigrants or even more descended from people who were quote-unquote illegal immigrants? I mean, maybe a flip side, like this is a big alien conspiracy. I mean, like space alien conspiracy. And they keep saying on the news to keep out illegal space aliens that are here because of the corrupt, our beautiful youth. (laughs) You know? Maybe that's what he's talking about because basically he just is the biggest racist in the world. And we can't have that fly, bro. I mean, I've got my racist issues. I've said my things that I've noticed about different genetics of people. And so I make my evaluation, not on an individual person, just on the accumulation of those genetics, how I can see different traits have come out, personality traits even. You know, I even feel that I had said some things that were racist towards, and it mean to be, but a lot of the society and culture there, also similar to European serfdom, is there would be that tiny ruling class, and then... Everybody else is slaves. And they kill off the people that stand up. So if you keep killing off the rebel rousers, bam, 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 then you get like the passive aggressive rebel rousers. People that realize that they can't go up there and rally everybody up because they'll be singled out. But that behind the scenes and small little ways that they will get their just against the oppressors. Because humans, we are number one tired of being oppressed. And we've oppressed ourselves so much. Our genetics is filled with oppression. Forceful sex, rape, murder, destruction of other views. Our genetics is filled with this. And if we want to think Man's inhumanity to man. There's no such term as inhumanity. At all. Man's humanity to man. Is all there is. Inhumanity. Doesn't make sense. You know that means that man's niceness. To man. Because to be inhuman means to do things that aren't human right. War. Oppression, murder, rape, that's human things. So inhumanity would 
I mean, just these these terms that people use. I mean, I don't mean to take it apart, but I mean, man's humanity to man, it, it's scary. You know, it's what we do to each other through little things. People's lives directly or indirectly. How we try to steer others because we were steered. We take the abuse that happened to us and we propagate it onto more. Create more abuse. Like I wanna I wanna stay a good human. There's things that I ain't best with. I mean I've I've been I've been assholes to some women in the past, especially in high school, just not understanding things and saying stupid mean things that I thought that was at the time the way to separate myself from stuff is you gotta be mean. I'm just over that. I don't wanna be mean to people. I mean I know I'm not perfect for everyone, but I'm compatible with everyone. I know that not everything will work with everyone, but something will work with the right ones. Like one in a million, that gives us a lot of choice. Like people don't realize how many humans we've actually seen with our own eyes. Can you imagine counting that? Like you just walk through a university and there's a lot of humans that you saw. Walk down the street, there's a lot of humans. So we've seen with our own eyes millions and millions of people with our own eyes, not talked to. But we've seen these people. So one in a million, that means there's a few people in there that were just perfect. That just our our world of thoughts fit with those thoughts and worlds. Because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to find this balance. Because life said, you're not a singular organism. You're a dual organism that requires another half of your creature to validate your genetics, to continue your genetics. Because if we didn't have that, then humans, we have no way to, I mean, that's the original culling is if we weren't able to mate, then we're cold. We're no longer in the genetic pool. If we're not able to find a grounding with someone of the opposite sex to be able to have sex with, not to live with, just to be able to knock up, be like, boom, baby, there you go, and then disappear and die or grow or separate, whatever the fuck. But a baby was made, so those genetics got to continue. Ah, it's a little repetitive what I was talking about earlier. I am. Um, I'm trying to detox right now, ladies and gentlemen. I am not smoking herb. I'm taking my detox stuff. I am trying to cleanse the body. Maybe for a job. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) Um, Good to, to get away from pot for a moment, but it sucks. Because, like, the body starts hurting again. And if we're not doing our exercise all the time to be able to sweat out, to move things around, the body just stays hurting. 
parts of the muscles tighten up and flow as much. We're not able to relax because we don't understand our mind as much, be able to be looser on things, where marijuana is able to help us release from our subconscious grasp on our body, on our muscles, on our feelings, on our pain. And by releasing that, we're able to feel better. And so usually, like, you know, you got a headache or something, smoking a bowl really helps. Had the headache while you're smoking the bowl, you know, it helps not as much. That's why vinegar is really good for headaches. Check out some vinegar. It'll give you the goosebumps. It'll definitely soften up the mucus in your body along with uh, NAC, N-acetylcysteine, is also really good at removing the, the thickness of mucus because that's usually what headaches are. It's, it's, a, it's the goop in our head that just can't move as much because our salivary system is... Um, um, the blood system and, oh, man, sometimes my brain wants to work. The other system, the lymphatic system, has to have movement to be able to purge all the toxins. To be able to smoke herb changes our water content and automatically moves our water in our body because we start burning more water, thereby creating vacuums and pressures within our body, more, more of like vacuum, more of like the body needs water and fluid so it pulls it from a part of the body that might have just been sitting stagnant because our body didn't need it. But now we've got cotton mouth, we're thirsty, our body's burning all this extra water. So that, in a sense, is helping our lymphatic system. Jumping on it does extremely well also. Another good thing for headaches, um, DMSO. DMSO. Some people know what that is. Where in the 70s, some people would take it, mix it with acid, and they would spray door handles on cop cars. I mean, you see cops wear gloves now. Um, basically, DMSO opens up the, the membrane of the cell and lets stuff pass through. So a lot of times in our head, we have so many layers, it's a super lasagna. Layer after layer after layer after layers. Things don't move so, so quickly through layers. You put like 40 paper towels down on each other, you pour water on the top, and the water is not going to get to the bottom so quick. Now what DMSO does, it lowers the amount of the tension on the layers so things could pass by the cellular membranes easier. And in so doing, removes the toxins, the concentration of toxins from one area to another to help balance. Because there's, when, there, when there's imbalance of chemicals in parts of the head, and so if we find a way to balance all these different chemicals, then, then the headache goes away. Those are, those are my two headache remedies. You know, stay away from Advil and aspirin, especially Advil. Those things, they don't, they just surface. 
stay away from Imitrex if you can. I, I remember my mom going through all these migraine headaches, and she'd have to take this shot with her head just to help focus and to think right. And it just there's so much poisons and toxins and new poisons and toxins that we're not even involved around that are in our body. There's so much more lead in us. Chlorine. Fluoride. Things that are not supposed to be in the human carry in us all over. Just, you know, just get in the purge. Get in the purge. And that's what happens, I mean, if you think about society, because we are creatures with expiry dates, you don't know what our dates are, but they're expiry, is that we're constantly purging human thoughts. Old people die. Most of the old thoughts die. Trump, you're going to die of old age. And so are the ideals of the people that you're servicing. I looked at the Trump White House picture. There was not one dark-skinned person there. It was like the White House. Like, talk about polar flip. Like, it was for us, by us. Straight-up FUBU White House. You know? That's all it was. Just white flavor everywhere. I mean, it's, I mean, the guy, he's, he doesn't know how to listen and attend to everybody. Just a little bit. Just add your token brother in there. You know? Fucking Indian. Your token Chinese man. Add a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Try to, you know, affirmative action, reverse discrimination, whatever that is. It has an amount of helping mix things because we've got to stay mixed together to understand each other as humans because we all have different cultures we're living in, all different places that we're at. We need to diversify. And if you just have your choir with you, your yes men, you get no progress done. Ignoring the rest of society, pandering to your own people's wishes. And that's what a lot of people use the presidency as, to pander to their cronies, their coffers, people that made them money. So thereby, I'm going to put you in a position to make money, right? Ronald Reagan... Bush, Obama, they've got all their own people. Heck, me, if I ended up in that area and I had to fill all these cabinet positions, I'm going through my Rolodex. I am sure going to make sure that my Rolodex is not bleached. My Rolodex is not just cracker. That we have more diversity Because that's what it's about. Listening to each person's point of view. 
And so what if we're we're if we don't have a chance a cho- chance to complain about stuff, then everyone's ignorant. If things are perfect, things wrong. You know, because we know things are not perfect. We know things are not perfect. That there's people being discriminated against economically every single moment of the day. People being segregated because of their views are different. People not being hired because they have different medical issues. Federal government has its standards for hiring and companies follow federal standards for hiring. That they're discriminatory upon marijuana patients, upon cancer survivors, people that had to fight for their life, that had to put together and figure out how to get through this situation and go through their radiation therapy, their cancer treatment, their pain, they're cutting open their face, their whatever's happened to them. But no, they're filtered out because you've got to piss in this thing. And you've got to be able to pass this because the federal regulations say if you're a cancer survivor and you're in a state that lets you have medical marijuana, you still cannot be employed. You have to figure out other ways to be able to get through that. You have to, you have to be someone else at the office. You have to put on your corporate camouflage. You have to disguise your toxins because you... You're a cancer survivor. It sucks. It's scary. I want to be successful. I want to be able to do jobs that other people can. And what I do on my own time, just as the state of Oregon has voted that if someone chooses to smoke marijuana off clock, off hours, They cannot be fired or discriminated against. Oregon is pushing the way. And the other states better be paying attention. California, you better be paying attention. Because we've got to get the legislation in there that regardless of your medical treatments, you are allowed to be hired of which you live. And if a state doesn't offer the medical treatment that you need, forget that state. Get the heck out of it. You know? Because having to fight against a whole bunch of bureaucrats that only want to filter, that only want to go by their rules and their views and not look at other people's views and other people's lives, you want to be around that stuff. I just happen to be fortunate in California. With the, with the medical marijuana, you know, how to be really fortunate that I'm here and I'm able to take care of my cancer, my neck pains that I have, even my ADD through cannabis. Cannabis is just a one-stop shop. It's not the end-all of end-all of everything, but it sure is the closest end-all to everything. 
it sure is the closest thing next to water that's so versatile. What as versatile as marijuana? Um, cotton? No. No, not cotton. Wheat? You can make wheat food. Uh, you can make colloidal wheat uh, for skin care. Most things have maybe five uses at the most. Nothing on the planet except water has as many versatile uses as marijuana. Nothing. I mean, there's got to be something. You know, gasoline, maybe different solvents can be used for handfuls of things. Um, dirt can be used for stuff. I don't know. Food. I don't know. Water, marijuana. Very versatile. I think, mar- well, I can't say mar- marijuana is more versatile than water. Because wa- water is like everything needs water. There's not a thing on the planet that water has not affected in one way or the other. And I say on the planet, because deeper in the planet, you know, it's all burning hot. And most likely, there's not as much water in the center of the planet. But there's a hydrate, or these hydrate crystals, this solidified form of water that's in the planet, that if the planet heats up, as it did in Noah's days, because Noah was like, you know, when when springs start overflowing, when water starts coming out of the earth, well, that's definitely due to pressure and water being released in, in, the, in the crust of the earth. So there's a lot of water here. And it's going to come back to the surface, wash everything like it does, and go back down. As every organism here has evolved to survive that. I don't know, man. I, I'm just having fun, you know. You know, you guys are awesome out there, you know, just kicking out there, listening to this, this fella just talk some stuff. This is like my 92nd episode, just coming here live and direct. Um, I don't think I did one from San Diego yet. This is cool. You know, there's a show I saw in San Diego some months ago, but I, I wasn't really here during uh, Tuesday. So I'm stoked to be here doing the Tuesday. Get on down, get a nigga-dig down. Woo. And we're here, we're rocking Smoke Rules Radio on the Alice B. Topless Network. And um, we've got some more shows in the mix, some more people that are like deep in the scene that, you know, it's it's hard sometimes. Like, what are you going to talk about for two hours? What are you going to fill time for two hours? So it's really getting someone that wants to put their spirit out there and go go forward is uh is what I've been searching for. So our network is going to be growing. And I've met some really awesome people. I got to go to the Hemp Museum. Brought to you by Slacktivist. Oh, this this little this drink called Slacktivist is um it's like a medicated sweet drink, and you mix it in your soda, you mix it in whatever, and it really helps you just chill. 
and just like kick back and just be like, all right, you know, I'm healing from the inside. You know, and my brother, brother Trey has uh, put together a hemp museum on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, it's so hot. And it's so awesome. So awesome. I'm sorry I don't have the, the pictures uploaded to the blog talk show. But they're like, in, like this brother knows people, right? So he made a call to all his graph, graph artists. And he says, like, in one day, like, how many pictures? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, 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 like thirty to forty different murals in one day around the hemp museum. And oh man, it's coming! Like the next big thing is going to be this giant green glowing pot leaf out front of it. So people could see what it is. Because, you know, you're driving down Hollywood Boulevard. What's this? What's that? You know. But it's, uh, wow. It's got the history of what's going on. I got to share some time with a gentleman, Richard Eastman. Really great. Highly opinionated gentleman who has been fighting for marijuana before I was born. He's been fighting with Dennis Perone and Jack Hare. Brownie Mary for so many years with Jeff Clark. And there's just a few of the people I I didn't get to meet Brownie Mary. A few of the, the people that I'm familiar with and Jeff Mazinski. Um Oh my brain. I'm not always the best with names. I need to have it all written down. But there's a mural to a lot of the freedom fighters up there. And a lot of things from the from the hemp tax act back in the early nineteen hundreds. And they have like some old hemp stamps, different kind of joints they're rolled that look that look like the the one Snoop Dogg smoked on uh on one of his concerts. It looks like a machine gun. Like what things like two ounces of herb rolled into like the shape of a machine gun. That's just <laughs> that's super cool. You know, I dig that. Um, and all this history to get marijuana legal. And it's just it's just a scratch on the surface. Barely even a scratch on the surface. Because there's so much history with hemp and people fighting for legalization. And a lot of it, this is just California stuff. You know, there's, I mean, and Washington, D.C., not as much all the other states and a lot of other states have been fighting for it. Colorado, you know, Colorado is coming in. People be like, yo, man, I got the Cali herb. He'll be like, yo, I got the Colorado herb. You know, they're bringing it up, bringing it up. We got the Washington chronic right here. We got the Oregon goodies, cookies. Mm, mm. Oh, there's just so much momentum. I can't think of a better, awesome, like, taboo industry to be in than this industry. This is so cool. This is so neat to be fighting for something that's important, that we need to bring light to. You don't want to shove it down everyone's everywhere. You just type in marijuana into Google Maps or dispensary 
ding, 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 ding. There we go. Let's go check these places out, you know. Um, I don't need to see big posters about cannabis. Like when I was in Washington this year, ride the bus all over, ride the bus. Bus was great. I had a bus pass for my company. Like, yeah. I just wish I didn't give it back to them. <laughs> like, oh, I forgot that thing. <laughs> um, but not right on the buses. There was there were signs, not for marijuana advertising, but for marijuana awareness, being that if you're a youth, ask your parents about it. Don't go mess up your life and smoke marijuana because a lot of people that smoke marijuana started when they were 13, eight years old, you know, a long time ago. And it's been around them, but the system is still children. The system wants to protect the kids, and that's fine. Of course you want to protect the kids. But to harm others, to protect others, to create lies, drugs are bad, war on drugs, Nancy Reagan it, dare, dare to know the truth. That's really, that's really what needs to happen. Is people need to dare to know the truth. Patience, yeah. You know, if you got responsibilities, you got to get some stuff done. Don't be drinking a whole bunch of alcohol and trying to go do your responsibilities. Drink responsibly is there is the big, the big word, right? Well, same thing. Smoke responsibly. If you have a lot of things that you need to do in your life. Don't just smoke herb and bugger off and play video games all day and sit in one room. Do those things. Follow your art. Follow the things that you need to do. Don't let people tell you marijuana is going to make you dumb or not smart or it's going to make you lazy. No. You are the only one that can make yourself lazy. You know, if, if people get tired, then take a nap. And then get up and do your thing. feels better when it's like horizontal. <laughs> so it's like I love to lay down. I don't got to worry about like my neck tightening up or anything. And it's, it's comfortable. See, even if my neck wasn't like that, I always like to sleep. You know, fall asleep in all sorts of situations. And I'm not saying I'm the most responsible person, but I'm, just, I'm trying to take care of things. And the best thing that you could do if you find that you fall into that trap of being lazy or not responsible and not doing the things you need to do, this is what I recommend. Get as stoned as you can. But first, have a piece of paper and pencil or a notepad ready as baked as you can, and start writing down your life dreams. Start writing down the things that you think you need to do, important or unimportant, but write them down. Write it down. Because we are all chemical addicts. Whether or not we take an external substance, we're all chemical addicts. Brains are not always thinking, 
are responsible things. Or they're not always thinking, I need to do this, I need to do that. Help re- relieve the stress of our brain and write it down. So we can look at it when we have time to figure something out. Look at stuff. Write it down to get it off your mind so you can work on something else, maybe. Write it down so your brain can work on it in the background while you work on something else. Because how our brain works, hand to paper or to typewriter or whatever, to eyes, write to read reinforces in our mind the importance of something. You gotta document what you need to do in the world. Like get a house, get a wife, get a dog. You know, write those three things down. There's a start. You know, and just then just break them into subtasks. To get a house is not a one item solution. I mean, it might be buy lottery tickets. And maybe that is a solution for, that, for, for you in, in that situation where it'd help you out. You know, it's create a family, go, you know, knock someone up. You know, that's not really the best way to do it. I mean, it's the traditional way of humans to make more humans, yes. But the responsible way is to try to find someone that you can get along with, that beyond sexual urges, you want to hang out with that person. You want to respect their opinions. You find them interesting. You find that they encourage you, that they have what you didn't know that you needed. It's it's tough to say because we go through all these dating things. We go through all these people that we don't know if we're compatible with them until we actually try. Then are we satisfied? Are we being responsible? No, we only know if we try. And obviously, we can't be with everybody. And it's difficult to let people go. Because, you know, you're trying, you know, check the library book out, see how this works. Does it mesh? Does it match? Does it fit all these situations? And there's such a long laundry list to be happy sometimes and trying to look for that in another person. It's not really the best way to go, finding our own happiness in the things that we like and things we want to do. Life is pretty solitary. It doesn't always have to be, but it needs, but you need to find out what you want in the world without asking anyone, without checking with somebody else. If someone asks you a question, you don't need to ask someone else. You ask yourself. Be it your heart or whatever. Because a lot of us, we're so used to the acceptance of others. I'm going to do this if they think it's cool. I'm not going to do that if they don't think it's cool. Right? Oh, you want to do this? me? Let me ask someone. We've got to be able to find these answers on our own. Real simple. If someone wants to kiss you, 
Are you going to ask someone else if it's okay? I mean, maybe your mate, but if you don't have a mate, I mean, like, it's these questions within yourself, and the answers are there, and it's so easy to ask someone else for their opinion to help you form yours. So easy. It's hard to make up our own decisions. It's hard to choose for ourselves. It's easy to tell someone else what they should do because it's not me. Oh, you, you, you don't know what we should do in that situation? Well, why don't you try this? If I was in that situation, I'd do this. If I was in this situation, I'd do that. You know, we really want the right people around us. We don't have the answers. We want the answers from people. And sometimes we're just so used to asking other people for their opinions that it's subconscious. Bam, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? We don't even think about it, but then we're asking someone else for something that, I can figure this question out on my own. The answer is B, all the above. You know, I don't know. You know, you've got to want to know within yourself, have your own confidence to say yes, to say no. And confidence to say maybe without having to check with another. Have that within yourself. That's I, I recommend everyone gets a chance. Go live go live away from society, away from as many people as you can. Just have a small amount of people for a little while. Go live on a mountain. Live away from people. Have a dog. Have a cat. And then after you've done that for a little while, you go into town. I mean, even making all your own decisions. Then you're in town and you're like, whoa, this is people. I'm so excited to be around people. But I don't need their choices. I don't need their answers to my equation. I have my own answers to my own equation. And how I see fit is how I do what I do. That's how I'm in San Diego right now, and I see that I need to get my life more in order. I mean, I'm, I'm as happy as, like, you don't even know. Like, this year I was chasing around the most happiest person I've ever met. Like, ever. And it, so, it was so great, and it inspired me so much to get myself, to get in situations to try to see this person it was, it was really great. It was like a game, kind of. I mean, it was a delusional game. Because a person was a, a famous star who has their own life. Trying to get into a star's world is next to impossible sometimes. Unless you happen to be at the right party. Or happen to be at the right place where they're perceptive to this newcomer. Um, who's not a famous person, you know. So it's like, you know, I was, I was a little delusional this year. And I think it was good to be, it's good to be our own, have our own delusions that will help us ascend from them. Be like, you know, I was blind, head over heels over this situation, and that didn't pan out. But because I was, I was doing that, I was inspired. It got me to do some things get out there, to be energetic, 
to find out what I really want in myself and what I really want in someone else. It's, um, I mean, we all, times where we have our shoes in our mouth and we have times where we're our own rock stars, you know, times with our, with our own emotions holding us down or just the denials and just want to be thankful to people that change your life in a positive way, even though you can't be part of their lives, but to be thankful that, wow, I, I want to get my life rocking. I want to do better with my life. I want to be more productive. I want to make it happen. Whatever it is, get on it. I mean, mean, life has its own amount of side roads, roads that we journey down that might not be our final, hopefully not final road, but our main road that we go down in the world, you know, it, it just, and I just, I just bring this show, Smoke Rules Radio, to you, my people, the listeners out there. Or, you know, just to, just appear into the life of Jason Isaacoff Brodsky, the herbalist, the fertilizer, here. So much randomness. <laughs> like, I got lots of randomness. And I don't, I don't care about people's opinions. So neither should you. If you want to wear that poncho, it all, looks all girly or whatever, go ahead and wear it. Feel empowered. Being around all these people that don't want to color up, stand out. Be yourself. Be artistic. Be different. Be someone that you'll see out of a crowd. You know, not the same old like cookie cutter like everybody else does this. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna act like that. If they act like this, then I'll act like that too. So no, act like how you're gonna act. Hopefully safe, safely and affectionately and lovely. But do what you want to do in the world. Encourage the people around you. Inspire the people around you. Be inspired. Be encouraged. Be happy. Even in times of sadness and depression, find that happiness. Because there's reasons to be happy. Even if there's reasons to be sad out there, try to prioritize. Try to put yourself around and let the people in your life know that you care for them. Know that you respect them. Know that you're grateful for them talking to you so much. I mean, it's such an awesome world. I love being alive. You guys are so, so sweet out there. Thank you, thank you so much for listening tonight. You're so fantastic. I wish I could give you all high fives or a joint or whatever have you. After my detox is done, I'll be stoked. But, oh, much love out to you. Keep rocking. Smoke Rules Radio. You people are awesome. Oh, make love, not war. But ladies and gentlemen, I think that was the show. If I'm still broadcasting, give you some heart, give you some no, oh, oh.